I need new music. Discover new music now. JJO. All right, everyone. Welcome to it. Another episode of Discover New Music. Joining me, uh, a guy with lightning fast fingers. You know him as one of the guitarists for Lamb of God, Mr. Mark Morton. Mark, how are you, man? I'm doing well, Brock. Thanks for your time, man. The new album from Lamb of God, ninth studio album, Omens. You guys dropped the eighth album. Uh, the self-titled Lamb of God, right after the pandemic hits, 2020, boom, everything shuts down. Idle time for the band, stuff that you're not really used to. However, from this idle time comes omens. Is it safe to say or fair to say or ridiculous to say that me maybe we wouldn't have this album if it wasn't for that downtime from the pandemic? You know, that's, I, that's probably uh, a a fair uh, speculation. I think for my part, I never really stopped writing music. Mm-hmm. So even just because we just released a, a record, um, it, it doesn't mean I don't keep getting ideas and keep documenting and keep putting stuff together. But uh, yeah, so we released self-titled and we couldn't tour on it. So the, the fact that we weren't able to go out and tour like we normally would, you know, as you alluded to, we were we were home. And so, you know, what does the what does the songwriter musician do when they can't tour? They write music. So that's really what we did. It was it was very natural given the context mm-hmm. of the situation. But in terms of the fact that we weren't touring, that was definitely fed things up in terms of uh, the next release for sure. How long did the antsiness uh, or how long till uh, until the antsiness took over for one of you? Maybe you reached out to Randy or Randy reached out to you like all right we got to do something <laughs> yeah it started with me and willie really uh yep. our other guitar player we you know we're, we're all in touch we're all you know friends outside of the band so there was a lot of communication anyway um but you know me and willie were both just kind of checking in on each other like man i got a lot of stuff like we should at least document this stuff and maybe do some demos and that kind of thing so we brought in our producer josh wilbur very early in in the process and he just came out and we just made demos and there was like no pressure there was no timeline no deadline we just had this, all this material and we just sifted through it and started putting together cool ideas. It's nice to do it that way. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's not, it's not the first time it's been that way, but there have also been other times where it's like, okay, it's time. We have this window and we need a record by this point. Mm-hmm. You know, it, mm-hmm. it puts a different, uh, puts a different hue on everything. Uh, I want to talk about the timeline here. We'll touch back on that, but you brought up your producer, Josh, uh, Josh Wilbur. He's worked with so many great bands, uh, including you guys collaborating with him since 2006. What kind of role does that consistency in a producer play in the sound that the band is going for? I think for my part, my, my take on that is it just creates, a, it, it just fosters a, a, a relationship over that amount of time. And, and in that relationship is a lot of trust. It's a lot of creative trust, a lot of personal trust. Josh and I are very close friends outside of any of the work that we do. Um, but when we get into the studio together, I know that there's no such thing as a bad idea. I know that if I really feel strongly about something, he's going to hear me out and vice versa. And we kind of have this now sort of dynamic where usually and i think the rest of the band probably has this feeling a lot as well too where usually it's kind of if you have a really strong opinion about something and i'm sort of on the fence but i'm just going to defer to your opinion because i trust your artistry and you have the stronger opinion so that's probably there's probably a reason behind that passion it's things like that you know that you build over time that you don't i think necessarily have that built in 
with a stranger or a new face, uh, regardless of what their uh, discography, you know, might be when they, mm-hmm. when they come in the room, you just, I think creatively, you need to have that kind of relationship and that takes time to build. Most of the album was, uh, recorded live in the same room, which honestly, with what everything was going on, it's kind of, uh, uh, deferred from what most people are doing. Obviously that's important to the band. Why was it important to have for this record, even with all the craziness going on? I just think, you know, going into this, sort of tying back into how we started the interview here, I, uh, it was important to us to not make self-titled part two. So when okay. we when we started, and none of the material was left over, none of it existed, you know, when self-titled album was released. But nonetheless, we just really wanted to shake up the snow globe, so to speak, and just really <laughs> be in a different environment and in a different headspace all the way through this record top to bottom. So we were just kind of brainstorming conceptually how we might put ourselves in that different space. And so we really that translated in, in this case to literally putting ourselves in the same space, you know, recording the basic tracks all together. Of course, there were overdubs. Of course, there were fixes. Of course, I went through and Willie and I both, you know, did clean takes of different parts of the guitar parts, you know, in the, in the control room and that kind of thing later. But the bones of the songs, the, the basic track, the cornerstone of the album was all done in the same room. And I want to include, including the vocals, which mm. I, you know, I don't know how much your audience knows or cares about making records, but vocals are never really done live with the band. It's always an overdub in the booth. But I would say well over half of the vocal takes that you hear on this album are from Randy's live takes where he was in the booth right next to us while we were tracking live as a band, screaming away, singing away. And those takes just wound up having that special energy, that urgency. And I think it helped him to know that we were all in it together. And it's just really, we're, we're very... Uh, in our element live it's a different kind of energy so i think some of that was captured in the actual takes that you hear on the album madison solid rock 94.1 jjo and jjo discover new music our guest this week is mark morton of lamb of god talking to us about the band's new release omens now uh, going back to something you kind of touched on uh, a little bit uh, the the kind of pace behind this album and you said you and willie got together you had some music you're always kind of writing but you were kicking around and then omens got going that different pace, that slower pace, which you've mentioned has happened a few times before, but in the run and gun world of producing and touring and making albums, uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of action happening. Does that slower pace, I mean, do you see the benefits of that? Is it something that changes the way you put stuff together? Yeah, I think I see the benefits in it. I think it comes, like most things, you know, there are potential pros and cons. I think you know, you take, for example, a Guns, Guns N' Roses, Chinese Democracy, which, by the way, is a great album and a great <laughs> band and incredibly talented people. Like, this is not like a dig. But that album took however famously, like however many years to mm-hmm. complete, you know, because it's like, when are you really done? And I think it's, it's easy as, as creatives, as artists, to get in that headspace where we just keep refining and keep adding new details and keep, you know, synthesizing new ideas to incorporate. And, and that's part of the creative process. So I think you can overdo it if you take too much time. Sometimes it can you can kind of slow yourself up. And so there's something to be said for committing and to mm-hmm. trusting your artistry and just, you know, doing something very immediate and urgent and capturing that and letting it live like it is. But there's also, you know, something to be said for having time and, and letting letting the songs 
gas off a little bit so you can really see them for what they actually are and hear them with fresh ears i'm i'm really still to this day always astounded when i uh i'll make a demo or record something and i and it's become really part of my process now i'll put it away for a month month Mm. and a half and and won't mess with it and then i'll come back and listen to it and i hear it in a different perspective because i'm not so in the middle of it i'm not so attached to it so i think you know really it, it there are benefits and liabilities to, to both sort of concepts. I've been doing this a long time. So I just, you know, I try and manage all of those things and, and try and consider them, you know, given um, whatever the landscape we're working in is. Uh, again, Lamb of God, the new album, Omens, it's out now. Do you maybe have a, a favorite track on there, Mark? One that really speaks to you? Yeah, it's uh, it's tricky because I feel like, I'm, you know, you always strive for this, but I I think one of the bullseyes we really hit on this particular release is that each song really does occupy its own unique space and serve its own purpose. And I try and think of it as, you know, casting a play. You don't want three leading ladies, you know, you know, you you don't want, uh, you don't want four villains, like, because you you just want one and to to do it the best and and then have the, the cast support around all that. So, um, each playing their own role uniquely. So I feel like this this uh, track list does that very well. For me, I think some of the, just the most kind of emotion producing songs are, are Ditch and uh, September Song, the last song on the record. That's a really special one. Yeah, those, those two are standouts for me, I think. But it changes, you know, you ask me next week, you'll get a different answer. <laughs> yeah, it's always a tie. I ask everyone that when it comes to new records because obviously it's so fresh and, and, and songs that you, you've just spent so much time and energy on. And it's interesting to see if maybe there's one that really, really stands out. I love that you just got that two minute, 38 second burner track with uh, Denial Mechanism. I feel like that's Randy's punk roots maybe coming through. I don't know, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah it's you know randy's definitely the punk rocker uh in the band and, and that's that's a song that i i kind of directed musically and it was very very late in the process so we had maybe eight or nine songs that we knew were going to be in strong consideration for the album and we just needed a couple more to throw in and, and have some dynamic and that's where grayscale which was a Willie submission. That's a very kind of hardcore influence song. And Denial Mechanism was from me, which is a very kind of rootsy punk rock thing. And we were just kind of just taking, um, just taking wild card swings, trying to throw some interesting flavor into the mix. And both those, uh, both those songs added that kind of element. Well, if you have time, uh, now that we've got the important stuff out of the way, can we do rapid fire and then I'll let you get going? All right. I don't know what I'm in for here, but I'll take, take it away. Let's uh, let's just put it this way. There's no wrong answers. You just go with what your gut tells you. All right. All right. First one. Would you rather hit your funny bone or stub your toe? Get my funny bone. Cool Ranch or Nacho Cheese Doritos? Mm, I'm going to go with the classic Nacho Cheese. Nacho Cheese. Ballsy, ballsy choice. Uh, hot air balloon or hang glider? Uh, hang glider. Would you rather see Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster? Uh, uh, Probably Loch Ness Monster. Okay. Uh, You have to fight one, either the cast of the Golden Girls circa 1988, and they all have those souvenir baseball bats, you know, like the little ones, or you have to fight the little rascals, and they all have prison shanks. Uh, I'll take the old ladies. Old ladies, nice, nice. Take the old ladies. Uh, that's what I'm going to make as <laughs> the quote for this interview. Mark Morton, I'll take the old ladies. I love it. Uh, last one. <laughs> last one. What was more nerve wracking? 
2007 Download Festival, 72,000 fans, or when Axis played Battle of the Bands, Stockwood, 1988? Easy, very, very easy answer, Axis. Like times 100. <laughs> I, was I was absolutely terrified. How old were you then when, when you guys took the stage at, at Stockwood? Um, if I was, I think I was 15. If I was 16, I was barely 16. Oh, man, I love it. Uh, by the way, there's a wonderful photo of Access at Stockwood. If you ever get a chance to look it up, uh, it's delightful. It's pretty great. I got a Cinderella <laughs> T-shirt on. <laughs> Do you still great. have the Cinderella T-shirt? Please tell me yes. It's I don't, favorite. but I, oh. I don't have it, but I, I still love Cinderella. Oh, my God, I love it. Mark, thank you for humoring me. Uh, you're a rock star, dude, and we appreciate it again. Everyone, Lamb of God, the new album, Omens. Uh, go get it. Mark, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you, man. Take care. This is the JJO Discover New Music Podcast. Listen, rate, share, subscribe. Discover new music now at WJJO.com, in the JJO app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brock has a new interview every Thursday evening between 6 and 7. 941 JJO.